Hello and welcome to Foul Puck, a podcast about sports ball for the rest of us. Unlike other sports ball podcasts, we talk about sports without assuming that you out there in listener land know everything that there is to know about assist records or the in-double. And today we've got a lot of, well, I use the word good loosely, good stuff coming up. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Rebecca to tell us about the plague and hockey. Rebecca, take it away. <laughs> yeah. Are we introducing ourselves? Sorry to oh, yeah, we should maybe do that, huh? Pull the brake on Rebecca. the momentum. Oh, Hi, this Rebecca. This is Rebecca introducing herself. Hi. Hey. <laughs> what sport do you sport? Oh, I don't actually sport myself. Uh, I watch hockey, but okay. I don't. I don't do the hockey. I I was planning on getting myself. Um, <laughs> I was planning on getting myself skating lessons this year, and then oh, you know awesome. the plague happened. It did. So it did. I didn't. It's still happening. It, yeah. it, frankly, yes, you you are correct. And and despite what the NHL and the NWHL think, I didn't think it felt safe to be around. Many other people <laughs> performing an aerobic activity and breathing hard in their so general direction. So what you're saying direction. is you're not an expert. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I do consider myself an expert in breathing. Mm. Ooh, but okay. not right. not the, the activity, the physicalness of the hockey. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I'm just, I mean, my only point is that the experts have clearly deemed all of this safe. So, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> yes, and as yeah. a consequence of the experts deeming that safe, uh, we had to postpone the NWHL season this year. Mm-hmm. <gasps> uh, again, actually, frankly. Yeah, and how long was that NWHL season? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the the first postponed NWHL season was supposed to be two weeks. The um, season was po- postponed... Before the finals began, um, so they had gone through most of the, well, they had gone through the entirety of the season in the first week, and they had gone through, I believe, most of the seeding um, for the playoff mm-hmm. spots in the second week, and then... So they made it, what, 10 days? About that. Yeah. Yeah. So we should, we should, we should back up here. Um, I'm Nancy. I am your host today. <laughs> I... Like basketball, I also like hockey. They are mostly good times. I was watching a lot of the women's hockey and was super disappointed uh, when it went the way that it did. Um, and I'm joined here uh, by my lovely other co-host. Hi, I'm Rachel. Usually I talk about baseball, but I'm mostly just here to stir shit until the season starts up again. It's such a good job. It is. Yeah. Pressure's yeah. off. Yeah. So Rebecca, about this plague and about this hockey... Yeah, FYI, I'm I'm already dubbing this the Jigsaw episode because I have a feeling we're going to be like interweaving a lot of concepts here tonight. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. I have become so in in this quarantine. I have become obsessed with digital puzzles. She has. Oh, I have. Okay. There is an app on my iPad that has all kinds of like pictures. I mostly like travel pictures, and I can do a 400 piece digital puzzle in like between an hour and hour and a half. And it is a really good way to just like turn my brain off for a while. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is, I like puzzles, puzzles. We could, we could do a jigsaw episode. I'm into it. 
I did do quite a few jigsaw puzzle, like physical ones mm-hmm. on my kitchen table over the summer. And nice. I, I agree. Those are great for turning your brain off. They are so good for you that. Put a put, put out a puzzle, mm-hmm. turn on a murder podcast, and set <laughs> for like yep. four hours. I have See, done that. We would do them in my office, especially over the holidays when it gets a little quieter. We'd have one in the break room. We'd get like a really big one. Um, and then people would come and work on it. And so over the holidays, of course, this year, nobody's in the office. So somebody was putting out digital puzzles that we could all cooperatively do oh. online. And and then I, unfortunately for myself, made the connection that they would probably be on an app on my iPad. And <laughs> Now that's all she does. Now that's all I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least okay. it doesn't use paper. So, you know. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I I have a bunch of people around me who also do puzzles, and so we we tend to trade them off. Oh, nice. That's fun. I had this I had this idea of like creating a puzzle exchange, and so everyone who did the puzzle would mm-hmm. write like their name, their state, mm-hmm. and the date they did the puzzle on the inside of the cover, and then we oh, like mail them oh, around. Oh yeah, I saw you tweet but about that, and I meant to respond, yeah. and then I yeah, got... only one person did, and I was like, Aww. all right, so it's just going to be me and this other person mailing the same puzzle back and forth <laughs> for forty five years. Pass. Nice. Nice, nice. See, we do that with the other offices at our our company, um, and so far we have beat the pants off them. We have a we have a point of pride, nice. my Berkeley office. Um, yeah, nice. They are either too slow or perhaps simply just not as obsessive as we are. I would buy that about me and my coworkers, honestly, because yeah, that's a whole thing. So yeah, sport, hockey. So yes. <laughs> As far as we know, competitive jigsaw puzzling is not yet a sport. Oh, it probably is. Oh, I bet it is. No, we're not going to look it up right now. No, no, no. Hockey. Hockey. Rebecca. Yes. Yes. So, so um, you're right, Nancy. We had talked quite a bit about the the women's hockey um, season and playoffs because I think we were all pretty excited about it. I mean, we had each claimed a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. we talked about how much um, play they were getting on Twitch, and I mean, it, it got it got huge, and it was really exciting. And they were going to show the the whole finals of the playoffs on NBC Sports, which is huge, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. The, the first time uh, ever women's <clears throat> hockey would have been yes. on regular TV. Yes, and then on the night before that was supposed to start. Um, they, they ended up canceling the season. So I went back, uh, and I found a great article on the icegarden.com, which is a, which is a, um, site that we'd referenced before Mm -hmm. for the NWHL, but they have a whole timeline of some of the definitely COVID related and perhaps COVID related events that happened. Right. So on... Let's see. So the playoffs started on, I believe, the 23rd, Saturday the 23rd. They were supposed to go from the 23rd through like February 6th or 7th. And Mm -hmm. we should note, I just want to interject here, that the 2020 playoffs, the 2019-2020 playoffs never happened either. Right. Because the season got canceled before the Isabel Cup was awarded. And so now this year they were doing the very short two-week season in an effort right. to get through it and award the cup. That they yeah. weren't able to do last they year. Weren't, yeah. yeah. 
Right. Yeah. And, and I think we mentioned it before. This is the first time the Toronto Six as a team played. Mm-hmm. Right. So their, their first ever season <laughs> oh. was a week and a half long. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they were, they were doing really well. They were. They really were. They were, they were poised to be kind of a favorite mm-hmm. towards the end there. So, <clears throat> um, so on that very first day, um, there were a couple players, um, who maybe were sick and didn't travel to, um, didn't travel to Lake Placid during that very first game between Toronto and the Metropolitan, the Toronto six and the Metropolitan Riveters, um, a Connecticut whale trainer was behind the Metropolitan Riveters bench. And it was notable because, you know, he's wearing the logo of the um, Connecticut whale. Well, it turns out that a couple of um, the trainers are shared Mm -hmm. by four of the teams. So as much as the league tried to put separations between some of the teams four teams shared two trainers right so because these are the four teams that are owned by the league as opposed to the two okay the boston pride and the toronto six i think that are independently owned yeah yes now i mean there's something to the to be said for the fact that the the women who were playing were in each other's faces enough that it's unlikely that one person going behind the benches of these two teams was more of a contagion than like the fa- facing off at the dot where you're breathing, like you're six inches from somebody else's face mm-hmm. and you're breathing hard. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's just a point of note. Um starting Tuesday, I want to say. So the the season started on Saturday and starting as early as Tuesday, um uh a couple of uh, a coach and a player were from the Riveters were removed from the game. Um we don't know why, but one can speculate. Yeah. On Wednesday, a player from the whale was withheld from the lineup after playing two games. Um, <clears throat> the following day, the Riveters pulled out of the tournament. So this is five days in, the Riveters pull out of the tournament. I forgot it was um, that early. Even. Yeah, I had two. Yeah. Um, two, two days later, I want to say. I had this on another article. Uh, so that was Thursday the 28th. The Riveters pulled out that same day um, the Boston Globe reported that at least one Connecticut whale player tested positive um, the on Saturday um, Saturday yeah on Saturday and Sunday both Buffalo and Connecticut signed new players to them and assigned them to their rosters hmm. and they're said to have self-quarantined in the days leading up to the tournament. And frankly, we've got no reason to to um, to doubt that. But they then are bringing new people into the, 
quote unquote bubble. Oh, so it's the teams um, that self quarantine, not the new players. No, no, no. It, it they're saying that the the um, players who were added to the roster had self quarantine oh, okay. in the days leading up to the tournament. Okay. Um. Now, wh- how many days they self quarantined? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What is the definition of self-quarantine for the NWHL? I don't know. How did they then um, travel there even if they had self-quarantine? Yeah. Right. Right. Because, um, I mean, even if you drive, if you have to stop to get gas or stop to pee, yep. yeah. you know, that's a, that's a, it's a place where you're no longer risk. in quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. So really it was that Saturday and Sunday that a whole bunch of stuff um happened i mean it was uh saturday that the that a couple players were added and then monday the connecticut whale pulled out of the season um which brings you down from six teams to four yes and this is the saturday before the semifinals were meant to be on thursday and the finals on friday Mm -hmm. yes um and then by there was an uh yeah, so the Riveters were out first, and then the Whale, and then two days later, this the rest of the season was postponed, and it was just, um, I mean, it was it was entirely because of COVID concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, with two thirds of your league out, right? That that presents a problem, um, but then you know, with the shared staffers across teams, yeah. you know that that makes it um that makes another point of potential infection um and i think i think that was a big piece of it mm-hmm. um that it wasn't just those two trainers but mm-hmm. there are other staff members who were you know bouncing between teams but again i don't even want to bl- like i'm not blaming right i'm not blaming anyone there like on the ice um because again, like you're you're facing off, you're sitting on a bench next to people screaming and spitting, right? You're on the ice in a scrum with somebody else. Like you, you're breathing on people at a very, you know, it's it, at a very high velocity, mm-hmm. which is going to invite germs. And so, even if they didn't have shared staff, it wouldn't surprise me if this got around, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, frankly, which leads me to the men's hockey league. Well, I want to because... before we before we get to the men's stuff, though. I want to I want to revisit one of the things that that came out after this, which is that they were referring to this the whole time as a bubble, right? They were going to have yeah. a two week <laughs> bubble, which, as we have seen previously, has been successful, right? The women's yes. soccer league had a bubble that worked out great. The NBA did a bubble. It was fine. The uh, Hockey League did playoffs in a bubble. It seemed to go okay. Um, baseball called it a bubble. Baseball called it a bubble. And that seems but to as be... as we know, it was more like a mesh hat. Yes. Right. <laughs> an imaginary hat, I think, is yeah. where it yeah. ended yeah. up. But, but the, the Women's Hockey League, I remember there was this change in messaging from the administration right at the end where they started saying well it wasn't a bubble it was a restricted access area oh wow (laughs) and 
And it raised a lot of questions that I haven't seen answered yeah. about what exactly was being done. Yeah. How much, right. you know, because I agree, Rebecca, like we can't, we can't point the finger at any one staffer or any one trainer or anything like that. But no, sh- because they were in, they were in just as much danger, frankly, as the players. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it opens up this thing of like, if you are not actually in a bubble, you end up in these situations where you have a team or two doing everything right, but then you get two players on a different team who don't, and then fuck it for everybody because you're in these situations where everything is mm-hmm. so, you know, so up close and personal, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I-, I was so disappointed in that more than I expected to be because it felt like, you know, a self-inflicted wound <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Right? Yes. Like this was two weeks. I mean, how... You couldn't get through two weeks. You couldn't get yeah. through two weeks. You couldn't manage to keep a bubble for two weeks. You know, like actually do it, actually commit to it. And yeah. and because we don't know where, you know, like I haven't... I mean, maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen actual talk about like what the actual situation was. Like you can't even be like, well, you know, obviously these people who were going out for dinner in restaurants, like it was, that was the problem with the bubble or, you know, yeah, we don't know. Well, you know, you, you make a good point. Um, And I do think that we also have to talk about resource Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I know that's something we talked about before in that these, the women who play in this league have full-time jobs Mm -hmm. that are not hockey. Right. Um, They, Potentially, many of them are primary, the primary caregiver in the family as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's by its very nature, harder for them to fully quarantine prior to Mm -hmm. entering the bubble. Or I mean, and that's, that's, that's the ostensibly one of the reasons that they had such a short season yes. was because it was harder for these people to take off to go be in a bubble right. entirely. Yeah. Well, and whereas the whereas the men's leagues, this is what them. they're doing full time. They yeah. have the money yeah. and the league has the money to support mm-hmm. a bubble environment. But I feel like this is where you run into doing the the players and the staff and the fans, frankly, a disservice because you are, you know, you know that you can only have them for two weeks. You know that they can only do limited quarantine. At that point, don't you want to do everything in your power to lock it down as tight as possible for those two weeks, right? Like, you have these people here. You have them coming. Like, Or you say, it's only well, two but weeks. I think... How much money do we have to throw at this? You know? Well, I, I mean, I think this is part of the thing. Like, this is capitalism, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They the the women's league was willing to take the risk of the health and safety of the players and staff and doctors mm-hmm. and, you know, a source, a, a source <laughs> associated, <laughs> associated, um, you know, individuals because they wanted to. I mean, yes, it's about showcasing the sport, but let's be honest, it's also about marketing the league. It's oh, about totally, making yeah. money. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was never in that, in that instance where they can't do a proper bubble, like if they had made it a month long and had everybody 
enter the bubble and quarantine in the in an actual bubble mm-hmm. for two weeks and then played, they would have probably been able to play out the season. Mm-hmm. But it would have cost a lot more money that they do, I mean they don't have that league doesn't have right. in order to do that. But this is what I so, want to know. Though. So you make the sacrifice of player take health the and risk. safety. Yeah. Right. No, but but I mean this is the thing, right? Because they all were tested very rigorously coming in, right? They had to return X number of negative tests prior to get and I know that like some of those, you know, come up false negatives occasionally. And I know that like you can yeah, but- not be showing testing positive until after right. you, you know like i know there are holes there i get that that's not perfect but that's why i want to know what actually happened was it that some people came already positive and they just wasn't caught and what really needed to happen was to like bring the players there and have them quarantine in hotel rooms for two weeks before you started playing at all is that the the whole like maybe maybe that's what happened or is it a situation where like they really you know did have some other situation where like some players were going home if they lived locally or like some trainers were going home or like, you know, something yeah. that happened in the execution of the actual season that was the problem. Wait, 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 wait. Are you yeah. saying you want to know what went wrong so we can prevent it from happening again? More but just because I want to be angry about specifics, but ah, sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say, because we don't, we don't do that around I'm here. I'm going to be pissed. I like to know what I'm pissed about. Damn it. <laughs> But so um, a specific I, I that I am pissed it's about. more the latter. Yeah. 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 The who knows. The specific I am pissed about and we do need to to I think really hit this though is that they were So the NWHL as you have told us repeatedly uh Rebecca and women's hockey in general has had a difficult history in the last like 5 3 to 5 years, right? There are multiple yes. leagues. There have been multiple complications. Um, lots of player versus owner discourse. Disputes. Disputes. Um, and this and was a player versus league. And player versus league disputes. This was a really big chance. The Twitch streams were getting record numbers. The f- teams were getting record engagement. The Zamboni yeah. was known worldwide. The Zamboni was known worldwide. For real. For real. Uh, and they were going to be, for the first time in women's hockey history, on real TV twice. And it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to know what the ripple effect of that is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to be able to get that deal next year? I, I know that there is talk of coming back and playing the Isabel Cup finals sometime, <laughs> maybe. In the spring, they still say they're going to mm-hmm. make up the 2020 finals, which I'm like, are you? Are you really? How? What, I'm sorry. What is even the point of that? I let, don't know. Let, let's all let 2020 go. Yeah. Amen. It's over. <laughs> let's not revisit yeah. that. Here, here. But, you know, so like, what, are they going to be able to get on TV in May to do the Isabel Cup final are they gonna in 2022 be able to go back to you know i don't remember nbc asn or whatever it was espn whatever it was going to be on and be like hey remember that deal we had last year that we totally like flaked on literally the night before how about you give us that deal again like how hard has the league just fucked itself that's what i want to know um, and I'm just, and that's what I get really, like, truly upset about. Like, I was truly bummed about this. And it's because there was this, this rare chance and it got squandered. 
you know. Though I, I do wonder what made it so different this year that they got this. I have no idea. Chance. I want. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to say it's I, the success of women's sports generally, the WNBA and the Women's Soccer League getting yeah. so much more engagement over the summer. But I don't know yeah. that that's the case. That may just be me reading into it. I mean, I like it. I, I suspect you're right, uh, partially. I think probably also the fact that it was such a short season. Yeah. Uh, which I think yeah. we talked about at some point, that it wasn't, um, you know, it was a short commitment yeah. that you could, like, really dive into. Yeah. yeah. It's very... Yeah. Season's advertising budget yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. And it's in intensive in a way. It's sort of like the Olympics. Like, you can commit. Your, you know the fans will commit to, like, okay, yeah. you know, two weeks, two weeks of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but you talk about it being on NBC again. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys see the news that NBC is closing the NBC Sports Network by yeah. the end of the year? I did. No, yeah. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it looks like um, NHL, NASCAR, EPL are going to be moving to USA Network. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Smaller properties like car shows, dog shows, and some motorsports will have to find new linear TV outlets. Um, it's part of their strategy about the Peacock streaming service. Right? Oh, yep. Stupid. Yep. Anyway, that's not either here. That's neither here nor there. But, but it's something we should dive into at some point. It's not happening until the summer, but it would be good if we could track down like where we're going to be able to watch all of these various things and share them with people because I, I have not yet done that work for myself and I know I will need to. Yeah. Oh. I, I, but I don't think there's any work to be done on that now. Nobody knows yet. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I hope it wasn't just NBC was going to give them this chance because, you know, they had nothing to lose with their dying network that they'd already decided to kill. I don't even remember if it was NBC. I just know it was real TV. I, like, No, it was NBC. Was it? It was okay. NBC sure. Sports. All right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. T- so, but there are other, I mean, the soccer this summer was on CBS. So, like, there are other channels out there willing to take a risk on this. Mm-hmm. And it paid off big for, for CBS. So, like, mm-hmm. that could be good. And Twitch has been backing all the women's sports, too. And it's been doing good for them. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, that's I, not real I'm going to need but... to know. I need to know who's picking up the professional cycling circuit. Yeah. <laughs> because that was all on NBC Sports. Oh, was it? Oh, that's sad. I, I, yes, I paid for my online, like, NBC Sports gold-level access so I could watch all the cycling. I know, right? It's where all the ice skating is, too. Yeah. Yep. Well, okay, so take us to uh, the Men's Plague League. (laughs) How's that doing? Um, I I hear the Dallas Stars have achieved herd immunity. Yes, they have. What? They have. No, they have. Uh, the The Colorado Avalanche are well on their way. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, as are the New Jersey Devils. So, so many players um, have, have had it. Yes. That we've now. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I mean, they're they're not really at herd immunity, but you know. Yeah. They, they, they may as they, well be. They hit. Right. They hit some. They hit some big numbers. I mean, at the start of the season, um, the Stars first five games were postponed like they just postponed the whole start of their season because something like like 12 or something 17 17 oh, yeah they pulled some a insane number yes exactly they yeah, yes <laughs> yeah um uh yeah some some huge number of players i want to say it was in the double digits yeah of players and staff 
um, Texas had it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the right now, the Sabres, Buffalo Sabres, Colorado Avalanche, Minnesota Wild, New Jersey Devils, and my dear Philadelphia Flyers all have multiple players on the list. Um, the New Jersey Devils, they're down to only four players on the COVID list right now. Um, to be clear, actually, I should I should back up a step. The the NHL COVID protocol related absences list <laughs> does not necessarily say that somebody has tested positive for COVID. It's that they have a close contact, that they're showing symptoms, that, you know, it's something related to that. Well, that's now, more specific than fit to play versus not fit to play, I guess. Yes, it is. It is. Baby steps. Um, now, I mean, a team like New Jersey, when they had something like 17 or 15 players on the list, you know there's got to be at least a quarter of those who actually tested positive. Oh, totally, right? yeah. Um, and probably the same for um, the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche, because they got up to, I don't know, 10 or 12 players on the list as well. Um, the uh, Philadelphia which of course hurts me the most <laughs> has Claude Giroux, Travis Konecki, Scott Lawton, and Jacob Voracek on the list. And they've been some of their biggest scorers. Frankly, the one that's particularly concerning is that Oscar Lindblom is on the list. Um, Oscar missed all of last season because he was getting treated for Ewing sarcoma. Mm -hmm. So he's recently recovered from pretty serious bone cancer. Right. So, you know, That's fingers great. crossed that he's on the list because of close contact and not because he actually has it. Right. Um, interestingly, only, I believe at this point, only one, um, one player in the North division, which is Canada, Canada is on the list. I'm making my shocked face. <laughs> I know, right? shocking that in Canada they're doing a lot better with their health than <sighs> we are here. Yeah. Um, so because there was this like this, this kind of explosion in the league of, um, of cases and people going on the list, especially um, Buffalo, New Jersey, Philadelphia, um, Colorado, but most of it was actually like right in, this little area over here on the East coast. And this is, this is my little mental map of the East coast. which uh, right All of our here. listeners can see three fingers <laughs> exactly. gesturing down yes. in a scare quote motion. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, they added new COVID protocols mm. um, because apparently one of the things that was happening was they were doing daily testing and then they were starting games before they got all of the tests back. That's called Fuck. pulling a Dodgers. <laughs> That's called stupid. <laughs> well, you know, same, same. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's beyond the pale. And you know what? I'm probably taking some of my capitalistic NHL anger feelings out on the NWHL because mm. the NHL is a hundred percent doing this for money. They don't give a single shit about anything else. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, if you cared about player safety, you would either do a bubble, like a full on bubble mm -hmm. or you would not have a season or apparently but, even just have all your teams go play in Canada instead. <laughs> but 
I mean, it's all about, it's all about, you know, the, the billionaire owners are slightly less billionaires now. Right. So we have to have a right. season. But right. are they though? Um, I know a lot of billionaires are even more billionaires now. Yeah, that's valid. Well, the, the billionaires that own teams, I believe many of them primarily have their billions in real estate and hotels. Oh. And so they are actually slight. I'm, Please don't get me wrong. This is not like Rebecca hosting a pity party for Tom Gagliardi or anything like that. But there is something, you know, behind these specific billionaires mm-hmm. not becoming more billionaire. Mm-hmm. They're becoming slightly less billionaire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's a tough I, I mean, time for I don't everyone. think anybody's had... <laughs> Right? I don't think anyone's had to sell their yacht or anything like that yet. But, well, you know, thank God forbid. Goodness. Yeah. Um, so, so some of the additional um, protocols they've added are daily lab-based PCR tests. Um, no, I'm sorry. That was already happening. Um, U.S.-based teams are supposed to be administering rapid testing on game days to all players, staff, and all-nice officials. Um, they've in the past, they've only used those for specific situations, like when players returned from a quarantine Mm, period. mm -hmm. Um, right now the, the teams have to get those rapid tests themselves. Mm -hmm. The league is not doing it, Mm -hmm. which I don't really understand. Um, um, they, (laughs) they have removed the glass from behind the benches Mm -hmm. Oh, to yeah, I heard about that. increase airflow. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah. See, Rachel, if and we then, had a piece of glass behind oh, us no. right now, there would be less airflow. But uh-huh. how many dudes in no, the box it gets worse, at any Rachel. one time? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it gets worse because there are some arenas that are allowing... Um, fans, fans in oh, the stands. Oh, good. Yep, the NBA yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. There's like yeah, six it's like seven. 10 percent capacity yeah. or something like but that. Still, so in those in those arenas, they have to move the glass. It's so stupid. They they have removed the glass from behind the players, and now it's basically twenty five feet back from the players, so the fans can't breathe directly on the players. The fans have to breathe into the glass, and then there's 25 feet of space until you get to the players. How do they think now, air I don't know works? about you. I'm pretty th- – <laughs> exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Apparently, the NHL believes air works linearly. Uh-huh. That's definitely provable. Um, no, here's here's my favorite one. Uh, I'm just going to read this, this directly from um, Greg Wyshynski's ESPN oh, article. Oh, yeah, please go for it. Yeah. Because there has been evidence of, quote, some protective immunity to recontracting the COVID-19 virus for at least 90 days okay, after their initial infection, the end quote. Sentence. Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> Teams are encouraged to reconfigure assigned seating in the dressing room during travel and at meals so that previously infected players are seated next to individuals who never contracted the virus. The previously infected players are used as a buffer for players and staff who are unlikely to have that immunity. Oh, that'll definitely work. I see no flaws with this plan. Yeah, so the people who already have have had it are like sponges, right? They just soak up <laughs> all the 
miasmatic mm-hmm. air, mm-hmm. the bad air mm-hmm. that we know causes diseases mm-hmm. here yeah. in the 21st mm-hmm. century. Mm-hmm. Still the 21st century, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Time means nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, <clears throat> okay, so 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 assume that this works, mm. right? Let's just yeah, sure. put I'm aside sorry. reality. Science. Um, science. Mm-hmm. Who needs it? Um, not me. Presumably, like, you'd have to have a good solid number of people who had already had it yeah. for this to, like, make a difference. Definitely. If you want to keep people who haven't had it six feet apart, you need, like, an un- uh, unimmune person, immune person, immune person, unimmune person. So you need, like, a two-to-one right. ratio of right. ostensibly and immune to unimmune. <laughs> hopefully we don't have that kind of ratio. Well, I the Dallas Stars do. that. <laughs> Well, yes, the stars do, and the the devils are about to. <laughs> and the avalanche might. Um, yeah, um, but hopefully, sixty six percent of the league hasn't gotten COVID. That would be horrendous. What do you think we're at, though? Like, honestly, um, if you like, other than the Canada leagues, like other or the Canada teams, I actually, I, I actually suspect it's still relatively. It's too many, right? But I suspect it's still relatively like low. twenty to thirty instead um, of like sixty. Yeah, I mean, I think we know of. Um, so allegedly, we think Ovi and Orlov, who play for the Capitals, had it over the summer, and then. Samsonov, the goalie, and um, Kuznetsov got it this season, like last month. So we know of four players on the Capitals out of a 24-man roster, which is but still they, too many. Are they releasing right? all a, the names of six. people who have tested positive, or is it up to them no. to... Okay. Yeah, it's kind of up to the players. Um. To, to talk about with and like Samsonov, who's the, the goalie who had it, he talked about how he had trouble breathing and walking. Mm, I saw that. Uh, yeah. And he's already like back in pads and conditioning. And I'm like, can we just not? Um, the other the the final, I think, um, the final, I don't know, thing that is even worth mentioning is um, uh now, this is an addition to the COVID protocols, players, coaches, training staff, equipment staff, and other members of the traveling party will be required to remain at home and not leave their place of residence except to attend practices and games, to exercise outdoors on an individual basis, to perform essential activities, or to deal with family or other emergencies and other extraordinary circumstances. So what they, were they doing weren't before? already <laughs> requiring this. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Unless they're like, saying I don't it, know about you guys. It used to- when was the last time you did something outside of your home that wasn't with your personal, like, family bubble? Last March. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what the hell have these people been doing? Whatever they want. Why is that something you have to add to the list? And now, I mean, like Texas, I get it. Some of the states <laughs> have much laxer uh rules than the others i mean my first thought was that like they're saying that now it to because it's looser than the restrictions that they had before like the bubble last year oh the yes the what's happening now is looser than the the playoff bubble that happened in august yeah. 
So I'm saying that's why they may have yes. publicized those requirements now. Maybe. That's the I just, most it, generous the, interpretation I have of that. Yeah. It's just, you know, I know that I know that there are plenty of people who do have to go out. People who are yeah. essential workers, people who um, have proven that they're essential, like working in grocery stores yep. that we might not have considered essential before. But these are people who are presumably salaried employees mm-hmm. and have no need to go out and about. Mm-hmm. So stop fucking going out and about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I need to stop talking about uh, the plague leaves because it's just making me cranky. And I'm pretty sure I've talked for like 35 minutes already. It's good. It's good. This will be a good segue into Rachel telling us about an unwritten rule of baseball. I was going to say make it lighthearted, but I don't know what you have. So I'm unwilling to go out on that It is non-plague related. So it will will represent a a change of scenery. Heart. Yes. Let's go with that. Okay. So today we're going to talk about uh, don't pull the infield in during early innings. All right. So one quirk of the game of baseball, uh, which is easy to tell because, of course, it has so few quirks, is the lack of a concept of offsides. So put simply, in most sports, it's possible, even easy, to stand in the wrong place. Yes? Yes. The rules are fairly strict around home plate and the bases, W slash R slash T, the batter and base runner. But if you're on defense, you've got a lot more leeway. If you look closely at your TV, anytime you hear the commentators say the word shift, you'll get a good look at this. (laughs) You might find the third baseman somewhere around second or see the first baseman deep in right field. In fact, the official 2019 MLB rulebook says the following. Except the pitcher and the catcher, any fielder may station himself anywhere in fair territory. Yes, the gender-specific pronoun is how you know I'm not engaging in any rephrasing here. <sighs> Do you want your shortstop in right field? Go for it! Do you want one outfielder doing parkour off the back wall and yes. another sitting crisscross applesauce on second base? Yes, I do. Yes. Live the dream. <laughs> you can't. I would watch more baseball if that happened. <laughs> yes. Now, you can't have your second baseman with one butt cheek on the first baseline and one butt cheek outside of it. Mm. But other than that, you're probably good to go. The limiting. Wait, why can't you do that? <laughs> because they have to be in fair territory. Oh, that's yes. right. Okay, sorry. Both, both <laughs> I mean, you talked you talked about butts and I got distracted. Fair. <laughs> of course, the limiting factor is how quickly the player can get to the ball and or the base that they're supposed to be guarding. Now, different teams take more or less advantage of this in terms of left to right movement, which is where the concept of a defensive shift comes in. Mm. However, that's a strategy to talk about another time. Today, I'm talking strictly in terms of forward and backward movement, as in how close the plate to the plate you should be at any given time. Now, in the later innings of the game, particularly when the score is close, you'll see the team that's in the field pull their infield in. That is, the infielders will stand just behind the imaginary line that connects the bases, or even in front of this line, closer to the plate. The thought behind this is if there's a ground ball, the infielder will get to it faster and thus have a greater chance of making the quick out. Okay, great. So if that's the case, why not keep the infield in all the time and just score all the outs? Well, (laughs) first off, it's a gamble because the outfield is big. Like, really big. Like, bigger (laughs) than the three guys who always stand out there can reasonably cover. So if it just goes just over the infielder's head, or worse, if it just scoots right on by the infielder on the ground, 
there's a whole lot of space that the outfielder has to try to cover. Second, this strategy made more sense when the bunt was a bigger part of Major League play. Uh. So now that very few players bunt, you lose a bit of that advantage. Still, bringing in the infield is something you see all the time. Let's say that the team that's up to bat has a runner at third, and the score is tied, or the team in the field has a a lead of only a single run. They're going to want to do whatever they can to get that runner out before they can score. Thus, there's a higher motivation to try to keep the ball in the infield for an easier throw to home. If the ball gets out of the infield, it will do approximately the same amount of damage to the score, whether it lands just behind the infielder or deep in the outfield. So you're better served by doing everything you do to keep everything you can to keep it close. Of course, this strategy doesn't tend to get used if this scenario pops up in, say, the third inning. This probably comes down to the common feeling that there's plenty of baseball left to play at that Boy, point. Why isn't there? <laughs> oh my god, there's always more. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a philosophical topic, I think, for another time. There will always be more Fair. baseball left to play. But at that point in the game, third inning, unless it's a high-pressure playoff game, you probably don't feel the need to scrounge for every single run. Now, yes, it's technically a logical fallacy that late-inning runs count more, but it doesn't really feel like one. If it did, you'd see hockey teams pulling their goalies in the first period or basketball teams fouling each other all four quarters like they do Mm -hmm. in the last two minutes of a close game. It's not until the very end where everything seems permanent. And really, isn't that like life? (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, you could yank the infield in every time the opposing team has a chance at scoring. Just like you could have Steph Curry play an entire season's worth of court minutes in consecutive games until he literally dropped from exhaustion and had to rest until the next season. (laughs) But it's probably not a good long-term strategy. Though in baseball, the drawback is less players under high stress will collapse and more you're going to look like an idiot when the other team keeps hitting the ball right over your head. (laughs) But, you know, I don't know. It's 2021. There are no rules anymore. Do what you want. And them's the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rachel. You are welcome. Excellent. So I've I've just had flashbacks to, like, middle school sports where somebody would get up to bat, I'm not saying who, <laughs> and then somebody would would like motion to the everybody think, look, bring it in, yep, guys. Yep, uh-huh, like, uh-huh, there's no yeah. way they're gonna hit it that far. Yeah, this happens in our little intramural league. And ourselves, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because playing to unfortunate gender stereotypes, you have to stagger male and female batters, mm-hmm. and uh, yep. So there's a lot of motioning, and that's uh, outfield bringing the outfield in is kind of a separate concept in major in the major leagues at least mm. uh, by the time you get to that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's not usually related to like the batter themselves well no i like, guess it is but different batter. like it's less this guy can't hit very well and more um well, yeah, and probably the disparity between how well they can hit is smaller. Yeah, <laughs> One but even like MLB even if the person can hit really well, you're not always best served by having somebody way back at the at the wall necessarily. Mm. Right, unless they're doing parkour. Yes, in which case you definitely want them at the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yes, hard to do in the middle of the outfield. True, true. So, Rachel, okay, I go ahead, Rebecca. No, go ahead. I have a hypothetical. Yeah, okay. please. Is there ever any talk in baseball about 
adding another player on the field to that outfield area. But that's not how we've always played the game, Rebecca. <laughs> okay. Well, in, All right, that's so fine. in softball, there are four outfielders. You there have, can be. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, left, right, left center, right center. Um, because girls have shorter legs and can't run as far around the field, I guess. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, no, there's no talk of, um, of adding outfielders. I know how it's probably blasphemous to even suggest. But I mean, outfielders, I would say they do pretty well for their, the amount of space they have to cover. Yeah, you get some fast guys out there. Yeah, fast and very, very good at, you'll hear them say, reading the bat off the ball. Mm-hmm. So knowing as soon as it's hit. What like, direction yeah, it's going. Yeah, what angle it's coming in at. Yeah. So. Do you mean reading the ball off the bat? Did I say the other way around? Yeah. Sweet, sweet. No, you know, sometimes in baseball, they'll have the pitcher actually throw the bat and the batter <laughs> hold the ball. Listen, when when that happens, you have to text me so that I can watch that game. <laughs> okay, it's rare, but it does happen. Okay. All right. A lot of head injuries when that happens, though. So I believe yeah. it. You got to like double up on helmets. <laughs> yes, everybody has to wear two helmets at that point. It's a very yeah. interesting game. I'm gonna not make the comment I was gonna make. We're just gonna edit that right now. Yep. Yep. On the fly editing. Save that for Patreon after, after dark. dark. Yep. <laughs> Yep, yep. You know, at some point, our listeners will expect us to deliver on this. Well, and as soon as they want to send us money, we will deliver on this. Fair. If you'd like to hear <laughs> all of our After Dark content, hit us up on Twitter or yeah. send us an email. Yes. Twitter at falpuckpod and email at what? <laughs> falpuckpodcast at gmail.com? Yep. 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 All right. Yeah. So let's hear it, fans. <laughs> Rachel, do you have any Major League Baseball updates? I know it's like not yeah. baseball season yet, yeah. but what do you got? I have one sad update and one, at this point, what even matters update. Um, and you, <laughs> you get to guess which is which. philosophical today. <laughs> I am, I guess. This is what happens when there's not a lot of concrete needs to talk about. Well, so in addition to the sad trades we've already talked about that the A's made, they've also traded away Chris Davis their designated hitter, their great home run hope. Yes, their big long ball hitter, their guy with possibly the best hair. Yeah, possibly. Oh. And weirdest batting stance. Yeah, his, it's pretty weird. It's pretty weird. Yeah, it's like he just handed the guy a bat and he's not quite sure what to yeah, do with it. He's cute enough, I kind of don't care though. Yeah, he is. And yeah. He's just he's just delightful. Where'd, they, where'd he go? He went to the Texas Rangers. They traded him for a uh, longtime Rangers shortstop, Elvis Andrus. I got nothing against the guy. I mean, he's got a great name. I'll give him that. Um, However, uh, we just gave away a better shortstop. So it's a little bit hard to get excited about Andrus coming over. And, like, I understand why they did it, because Katie has had a couple of baseball Katie Mm -hmm. uh now we don't have any more KDs here in the Bay Area. I'm kind of okay with it, but I am sad for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where does Katie Lang live? That's Canada. a good question. She's Canadian. Oh. Not all Canadians live in Canada. I didn't say where's she from. I said where does she Pretty live? Pretty sure she lives in Canada, but I guess I don't know for sure. All right. We'll vamp while Rebecca looks it up. <laughs> so we used to have Chris Davis on the A's and... Uh-huh. Uh, Oh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. I was blanking <laughs> on his name. I was like, long man. 
<laughs> he is long man. That's fair. He's very stretched. Yes. And so we had a, a baseball KD and a basketball KD. We did. Yeah. Um, and now we have neither. You don't. You don't. You do not have Katie Lang. She lives in Calgary. Dang. See, I was right. Sorry. She is a Canadian who does live in Canada. All right. Fine. Go. Yes. She's Drink like double down on her syrup. Canadianism. She has that whole album, Hymns from the 49th Parallel or whatever it is. It's so good. Do you not know this? I didn't know you were up on Katie, Katie Lang. Katie Lang no. is fucking I was just amazing. looking for another KD. <laughs> oh my god. I know gosh. she is. I just, I, I know nothing about her currently. I just, <gasps> yeah, that's true. you were talking about needing KDs and I was looking for a KD for you. Well, I would trade both male KDs for the female KD. If that's on the table, like bring Katie Lang here. Like okay, that. but what sports does she play? I don't know. That's a good question. All right. She could probably talk about hockey if she's from. Oh, that's true. Um, true. She, she lives Katie. in Calgary. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Uh, you know what? Maybe when when Canada lets us in again, we should see if Katie Lang ever does a concert <gasps> in Calgary, because the Calgary, um, uh, what is it? The Saddle Dome, where they play oh, yeah, hockey, yeah, yeah. is a great arena. It's a great hockey experience too. So we could go get some some music and some hockey. I am so <laughs> so on board for this. And my dear friend Danny lives in Edmonton, so she can like come down and we can all hang out. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. I will not go to another hockey game in Edmonton. It was a horrible I'm experience. I'm sorry to hear that. But I will go to Calgary. Okay. That's a, all it's right. all good. We can Calgary hang out. 2022. You heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm in. I'm all in. right. What in the hell was I talking about? Baseball. Chris Davis. <laughs> he went to Okay, Texas. Chris Davis. <laughs> Um, I remembered baseball. I didn't remember that much. That's my thing. (laughs) I do that. Um, I'm just going to put myself on mute for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, so no more Chris Davis. He's gone to the Rangers. Oh, I was saying, I can kind of see it because he struggled for the last few seasons. Like, even prior to the... Well, and the weird thing was he was crazy consistent before that. Like, he got a... 247 batting average and the four seasons before mm-hmm. that consecutively, which like it's one of those things you couldn't do if you tried. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had just, he was not getting back in the groove. So I kind of see it, but also I don't. Yeah. Because he was great and everybody loved him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just like, okay, Semyon and um, Hendrix. Hendrix, thank you. I'm not good with names. Why today. am I the one remembering names? I'm I don't usually know. the one who's terrible I at know. that. Um like their contracts were up. I can kind of see even though they didn't even make offers. They didn't even bother. Yeah, make no, offers that's horrible. That was a terrible is, decision. We're not then, we're not making apologies for that. Katie, <laughs> they just gave Chris Davis away. I don't know. Well, what's our neutral news? What's our, our Oh we Well, know. baseball's coming back. <laughs> <laughs> She says excitedly. <laughs> um, so spring training starts on the... Bubble or no bubble? No bubble. <laughs> What's the bubble? <laughs> so uh, spring training comes back on the 27th, which, as we talked about last year, takes place in Florida and Phoenix, Arizona, which I say because the uh, Cactus League here in the West, all of the ballparks are in suburbs of Phoenix, so they're very mm. close together. But in Florida, the uh, Grapefruit League, the ballparks are... They're mostly on either coast, but they're spread between Lakeland, which is like South Central Florida, and West Palm Beach. Um, so, which is it, also in Florida. Yes. Well, they're all in Florida. I know. I'm just saying you specified where the one was, and then you didn't specify. Where oh the other yeah, was. it's in South Florida above Miami. <laughs> okay. <thank> um, you. 
damn you for getting me to finish my thoughts. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, so there's more travel involved in the Florida ballparks. And they said they were going to try to limit it, but I looked at the schedule that they've released and... If they're doing something unusual, I can't tell what that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was only recently that the players in the league came to an agreement about um, all of it, I guess, because so much was still up in the air. And they haven't even released specifics. Like, they were talking about Marcelo Zuna, who um, who played for Atlanta last year, and did so well for Atlanta, but he played in Atlanta as the designated hitter. Which, because Atlanta's a National League team, they didn't have before, and nobody knew if they were going to have again. Mm. So do we hire Moisello Zuna, who doesn't have a great reputation as a fielder, but is doing phenomenally as a hitter? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, and I say yes, because he is a delightful human being. He used to play on the Marlins. But I am not in charge. So even, things like, even things like what positions players were going to play was up in the air. And, um, yeah, so I'm not sure what the season's going to look like still, if they're going to do a similar thing in terms of, um, you know, trying to stay like the West stays in the West, the Central stays in the Central, the East stays in the East. I think they're going to try to do something like that again. They're not doing extended playoffs again. I know the players uh, didn't want to do that. Um, But Hmm. we still, I still think we don't know all the details. Um, Or I don't know all the details. They should all go to Canada and play. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, what they're doing about the the Toronto Blue Jays, which is the currently the only non-American team in the league, and your new backup team. Um, yeah, by the way, my new backup team. Um, they, if they're still <laughs> playing in Tampa again because they couldn't go to Canada back and forth to Canada before, um, there may be an answer to that that I just haven't looked up because I only recently decided to adopt Toronto Blue Jays as my backup team. Um, because of Marcus Semien, and in thanks to our diehard listener, Jess, um, who, again, start following baseball teams and communicating with us and listening to our episodes, and I'll just start following your team. Why not? Uh, Unless it's the Pirates. Okay, so, well, I mean, there are, I mean, our listeners know there are limits to my yeah, generosity right, right. here. I'm not going to start. Well, I just want to make sure we're clear. Red Sox we're, or we're the Dodgers become, or the Yankees. Yeah, Dodgers fans. That's, that's off the table. But if you have a small market team and you want to make your case to me as to why I should mm-hmm. follow this team, yeah. go for it. That's a good point. Small market. Yes. Yeah. We're open for small markets. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we'll update with updates as we get updates, I guess. Um, <laughs> But further bulletins as events warrant. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, my brain is not here today, I guess. Um, we'll send out the newsletter as soon as we can. Yeah. Hey, hey. Well, I'm going to segue and I'm going to do NBA updates in. Let's time me. Let's see how fast I can do this. What do we got? We're at a minute four. Or at a minute, a minute four. four. <laughs> <laughs> time isn't real. All right. I'm going to do, I'm going to do NBA updates in 15 minutes or less. Okay. Okay. I believe in you. Okay. Ready? Ready. Okay. So the Warriors are doing remarkably well at the moment. You're going to have to give me a five minute warning, by the way. Uh, They're currently eighth in the West uh, in a pretty tight race. Um, So the current standings in the West, uh, Golden State Warriors are eighth. They've got 14 wins and 13 losses. Uh, Nuggets are seventh with 15 wins. Five and six both have 16 wins. And number four has 17 wins. So it's pretty pretty condensed right there uh, from like 
Four to eight. Four to eight. Uh, And then there's a bit of a drop off to nine and a bit of a jump to number three. So, but honestly, this season, the Warriors are doing pretty solidly well. Um, This is helped by the fact that Steph Curry is playing really fucking amazing basketball. Uh, He has just turned or is just, I think he's just about to turn 33, which is like getting up there in basketball years. And so everybody uh, was after Clay Thompson got re-injured, they were like, oh, this is it. The dynasty is over. They're never going to win another championship. Put a nail in it. Stick a fork in it. It's done. Steph Curry is quite literally by the numbers playing as well this season as he did in the year, which was like five years ago when he won his unanimous MVP. So like, and he's coming back off of a major injury. And he's coming back after a major injury. So like, he's doing fucking amazing. He's he's 33. I think he's going to turn 33. I think. Yeah. Um, Uh, Ovechkin's Ovechkin's, uh, season the year he turned 33 was like another record yeah breaker. that's so that's where Steph Curry is and he's there is even talk of giving him a third MVP this year which mm. will probably only happen if the Warriors can manage to finish in like maybe the top five or so um but we'll see we'll see and they might uh Draymond Green is also playing really fucking well in the ways that matter um, so his, he's, people always underestimate him and we are a Draymond Green stand podcast. We have established this. Um, mm-hmm. He is now currently, he has done this really cool thing. So he is not a scorer. Even historically, he's not been a scorer. He's gotten much worse at scoring over the last couple of years. His shot looks like you're throwing a brick at a window. Um <laughs> Bless him. It's just like flat. So they need to bring in the outfit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing that he does really, really amazingly uh, is like ball manage, right? Like on the floor. He's really, really good at this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Excellent. He's ball good manager. at it. I don't, he's good at it on the floor. I don't know if he's good at it off the floor. That's a different question. Um, but he is now, uh, where is my, he has now had double digit, uh, 10 plus assists in five, in each of his last five games. I think this was posted on Tuesday. Uh, and the only other player to, there's only been one other player to record 10 plus assists in five straight games since 1970. So like that tells you who was that other player? Uh, Nikola Jokic, who is also currently playing. Oh. Um, Oh, yeah. okay. So this is really uncommon. In oh, Draymond. he wasn't playing in 1970. No, no, no. Okay. No, 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 no. I, I got confused. No, <laughs> no he's currently I was like, That's amazing. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so Draymond Green is doing really amazing things. Um, and, and part of what he's doing, part of him and Steph both doing so well is that they've played together so long. And it's really incredible to see them on the floor together. So those are the top two things. Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins, who we got from uh, Minnesota and everybody was being doubting Thomas's about him. He is playing very solid. Uh, He is held up there. I mean, he doesn't, he has had some clunky shooting nights, uh, but overall he's playing really good defense and he's made actually quite a lot of good shots. Oubre. How many games so far? uh, 14 plus 13 is 27 games so far. Oh, okay. (laughs) Matt. I didn't know if he was like, good job. Um, if it was like he'd, he'd been playing for two games since he no, got no, no, here or if he'd no, been playing no, the season. No. He's okay. played the whole season. They got him actually at the end of last season. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, Ubre Kelly Ubre is a bit of a roller coaster. 
He has been up and down. And when he he's one of those players, when he's good, he's amazing. And when he's bad, he is awful. Um, but the, the overall trajectory <laughs> has been upward. Thank you for that visual. And, Anytime. And in fact, he had his career best playing night in a Warriors game in the last like two weeks. So he is... He's figuring it out, and they, I think, also are figuring out how to use him best, which is really helpful. And one of the things that I have seen a few times that I think is really true and has been under-talked about is how hard it is to adjust to how the Warriors play if you're a player coming from another system. Because the Warriors play Mm. really unselfish basketball. They share the ball a lot, and they pass it all the time. And... If you are used to sort of being the best player on a team that mostly is like, okay, take the ball and go do something with it, it's a hard Mm -hmm. adjustment to go, okay, now I take the ball and I look for who else is open and what else is going on, right? You look for the best thing for that's going to help the team, not just what you're poised to do. Exactly. So so that's helpful. Uh, They have had... A little bit of unfortunate injury luck. Their rookie, uh, James Wiseman, came down and uh, sprained his wrist and was out for about two weeks. They also had their backup center, Kavon Looney, sprained his ankle and has been out for a few weeks. So they went on this road trip with no centers. So uh, if you don't know basketball, (laughs) the center is the biggest guy on the team usually. And he stands in the center of the basketball court. And he's the guy who you both want to be keeping other players from scoring easily on the net and getting the rebounds. So without their two centers, the Warriors didn't have anybody over 6'7", which is a very average height in the NBA. Like <laughs> most centers are like seven foot-ish. Yeah, so so consider you're playing a team with a seven footer or maybe two of them and you don't have anybody who's like literally a half a foot difference between them right so this was hard right so it was completely reasonable that they might really lose a bunch of games in a row (laughs) but they put Draymond Green at center which is what they've historically done uh and they really made it work and it's been amazing and they split the road trip um one of the losses they played four games won two of them lost two of them one of those losses was was a good loss like they played well and Mm -hmm. they just got outplayed and the other one they lost to themselves, <laughs> but okay, whatever. I'm very familiar yeah, with that. Yeah, it happens. It happens. But the fact that they that they split it was really quite good. And soon they'll get James Wiseman yeah. back and soon they'll get Kavon back and that'll be better. Um, there have been two controversies, one of which Rachel alluded to. Uh, I don't know if it was intentionally or not. Who knows? <laughs> But <laughs> her face just went totally blank, so I don't think it was intentional. <laughs> so Steph Curry uh, typically plays around oh, yes. 33 to 34 I remember now. Four minutes In a night. A basketball game is 48 minutes, right? So that's basically slightly more than three out of four quarters, right? And part of this is that Steph Curry is a relatively small player. Um, and he takes a lot of abuse on the floor. Uh, and so you want to rest him. He's also really important. So you want to keep him in good shape, right? Like you don't want to run him into the ground, in fact. Um, but there have been a few losses recently where if he had come in like maybe two minutes earlier, 
they might have been really close wins instead of really close losses. And Steve Kerr has not put him in earlier. And in fact, when questioned about it, said, no, I'm not going to put him in earlier. We are, quote, not chasing wins this season. And what, yeah. So what he meant by this was basically, we're playing the long game. We, you know, we don't have clay this year. Right. We don't want to run stuff into the ground. We want to keep him healthy. We're still, I mean, they're, they're eighth. They could easily finish anywhere between fifth and eighth in the playoffs without doing anything extra. Right. Um, right. It's not worth it to him to add that wear and tear to stuff in the name right. of and then getting an extra win or two. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because then if you run him into the ground now, you don't have him in the playoffs. Exactly. And maybe you don't have him next year, right? When Clay comes back. Right. Which also. So, but oh my goodness, the internet lost its collective fucking mind. Yeah. Fire Steve Kerr. Uh, Well, I think. No, Uncle Steve. Uncle Steve, no. I mean, people think of it, I'm sure, as just like two minutes. Yeah, they do. What, you don't want to play another two minutes of basketball? And that's exactly it. Right? Yeah. They don't. Oh, my God. I don't want to play two minutes of basketball. <laughs> Can you imagine you have to play two minutes of NBA basketball uh-huh. right now? No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no. Yeah. So yeah. I sit at midcourt and rock back and forth. <laughs> oh, yes. See, okay. See, I would absolutely do it. I'd be like, fuck yes. I'm going to make such a fool out of myself and it's going to be the best two minutes of my life. <laughs> I would. I think I would end up causing a lot of injuries doing like football tackles because <laughs> yeah. that's all I could do. I can't, I can't jump. I cannot throw. You want me to stop I him from shooting? I am five foot four. <laughs> yeah. You're Kick five. Exactly. Oh, I forgot you're that little. Yes. Oh, tiny yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been told I'm, I have a, a large presence and I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what they say about women who share their opinions. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Anyway. Uh, this mm. is coming out of my mm. 15 minutes here. Uh, so you have four minutes left. Oh, thank you. Okay. So Steve Kerr lit that controversy and Steph Curry furthered the controversy by basically saying, I shouldn't have to play more minutes because the rest of the team should be good enough to carry the game when I'm sitting. Kind of fair. I Entirely mean, fair. Fair. In fact. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah. he said it more nicely than that because he's Steph Curry. Yes. But. Cause Nancy, correct me if I'm uh, wrong. There's more than one player on the court at a time. It depends on looking at other teams. Okay. okay, I remember the Cleveland Cavaliers really only having one guy. Well, when the Cavs had LeBron, they played him 48 minutes a game. And that's something that will happen in the playoffs. Like in the playoffs, Steph plays more like 38 to 42 minutes. Sure. Well, yeah. In the playoffs, all the rules are different. Fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah. So that was our current controversy was Steph Curry's level of playing minutes and Steve Kerr admitting what actually anybody with half a brain looking at the stats knew, which was that they're not going to win the championship this year. And in fact, it's probably not a good idea to run Steph Curry in the ground to get to like third or fourth in the standings instead of seventh or eighth in the standings. Right. Now, does that become an issue if he's in MVP talks? A little bit. And that has been one of the things. So there are no hard and fast rules about what level your team has to be at in order to win MVP. But generally speaking, if your team sucks, you probably don't stand exactly. a great chance. So, yeah, but what I've got to imagine that Steph Curry would rather his team get into the playoffs and him lose MVP yes. than get MVP and and end at the bottom of the standings. Yeah. Like, come on. I think that's true. These guys are all yeah. 
team yeah, players. They all want the team win. Yeah. So speaking of teams, uh, my backup team, the Jazz, are fucking murdering everybody right now. It's terrific. They are number one in the entire NBA. They have had a wow. seven game win streak. Uh, and they are just going to town. They are currently uh, at 22 wins in the West, uh, ahead of the Lakers at 21 and the Clippers at 20. The top Eastern team is at 18. Hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, the Eastern Philly, Conference though. just doesn't, that's, say, doesn't do well yet. I'm guessing that's not the 76ers. Yes, it is, it is actually. the 76ers. Oh, oh, hot damn. Wow. You start having some pride. Philadelphia basketball is showing up. For the moment, don't get too attached. Oh, oh please, please. I, have a, I am a lifelong Philadelphia oh, okay. sports you know fan. I know how this works. Well, go yeah. watch them right now. They're number one in the East. Wow. <laughs> so the Jazz doing really, really well. And it's, I, I find this personally validating because I had a whole conversation with my father a few weeks ago about how small market teams without a major star, you know, never go and win a championship. And like, obviously the Jazz have not yet won the championship, but at least they're top of the line right now. So like, right, they're looking pretty good. So dad, how, how are you feeling about the Jazz? Um, yeah, Mike, how are you feeling? <laughs> my father is going to come for you. <laughs> Uh, I'm kidding, Uncle Michael. Don't get mad at me. There you go. There you go. So that's that's my uh, NBA uh, NBA. Oh, good! You got up. one minute to spare. I have one minute to spare. I'm going to use it to talk about Juan Toscano yeah, you have, Anderson. You have fifty seconds. Have fifty seconds. Juan Toscano Anderson. We have talked about him previously. He was super involved in a lot of the social justice stuff last summer. Super good. He's on a two way contract with the Warriors but has been playing out of his mind and they should give him a full contract and that'll be great he's from Oakland he's really a good good guy uh so we we will be happy for him when they decide to actually do that I like it when people play for their hometown teams I guess that's not an unusual sentiment but it's always like oh Juan Toscano Anderson I I love him and I think it's great and I'm very happy for him and it makes me even more sad for Damian Lillard who we have talked about before is also from Oakland and also wanted to play for the Warriors Mm -hmm. and now is like Portland's biggest star and like I'm sorry I'm sorry Dame yeah I did it get done (laughs) good job yeah that's that's me so that's that's the NBA at the moment uh it's exciting i've been watching a lot of the games i've been watching a lot of the games i did not watch this many games last year probably because i can't go anywhere um <laughs> but it's been you know a good time you know what's funny you're you're watching a lot of the games and i think last year we talked about how i watched like every single hockey game there is there uh-huh. is i think i watched three games in the last oh wow because all of them were postponed uh-huh. yeah. because i work in the play yeah. league yeah that's uh, so i had there was, I guess, the, the the Friday that the NWHL was supposed to do their finals. I originally had four games that I was supposed to watch. The, the NWHL finals, an Avs game, a Sharks game, and a Warriors game. The Avs, the, the NWHL got canceled for Plague. The Avs got postponed for Plague because they had it. And then the Sharks got postponed because the team they were supposed to play had it. Which made it very easy to just, like, watch the Warriors. I was like, well, I guess I know what's on TV tonight. But it was also, like, when three out of four yeah, of your games yeah. across two sports are canceled. Not, not a great look. Not a great look. No. Yeah. No. I, I mean, the, the weird thing about mine is that the team I've been watching is the Stars mm-hmm. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And really, the only reason it's weird 
is because they already had right. it. <laughs> right. They just got the plague earlier yeah, than everyone else. It. It's not that they're doing better right. about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. The Marlins yeah. could be literally the only team standing at the end. It's really true. That's really true. Well, this has been an excellent conversation. So I would like to thank you all for doing that. We are now all caught up on our current events. Uh, I would encourage all of you to go watch Warriors and Jazz. I'm not sure the next time the Warriors and the Jazz play each other. I'll have to look that up. That should be fun. Um, and we'll watch hockey we watch it together. when uh, when there's hockey that's not postponed. <laughs> oh, and I don't think I even said the uh, baseball, the start of the regular season is going to be April 1st. Theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. Oh, cool. It's all theoretical. Unless it's a big joke. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Rebecca, tell our lovely listening audience where they can find us. Would you please? I would love to. Thank you. Um, so, again, if you want to to petition for us to start a Patreon after dark, <laughs> uh, you should email us at foulpuckpodcast at gmail.com. We are most active on Instagram at foulpuckpodcast and Twitter at foulpuckpod. Um, and our website is foulpuckpodcast.net. All right. And I would like to thank Joe for doing our editing and Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for our music. And I would like to encourage you all to go and leave a rating uh, on our various places, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, wherever you... Spotify. What, what? Spotify. Spotify. Thank you. That's the one I couldn't think of. Yeah. Uh, And tell your friends and RTR tweets and everything. Um, We're really, we had a nice little meeting today to talk about like our schedule for the upcoming year and like where we want to go. And we're really going to try and put out like some more content more regularly. So, you know, uh, we are here for you. We are providing the uh, hard-hitting sports <laughs> journalism. And this year, by God, we are going to put all the things on the website that we keep saying we're going to put on the website. Damn straight. I color-coded the spreadsheet and everything. They she can, did. They can it's attest it. Yeah. yeah, it was very fancy. So go give us a five-star rating, leave a comment, tell your friends, and we will see you next time. I have been and continue to be Nancy. I am sometimes Rachel. And I am Rebecca. Thanks for listening. <laughs>